Thank you for tuning in to Military Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I am your host, Daniel McDonald. We are just beginning to feel a break in the heat of another long, hot summer. In the middle of it, it seems like no matter where you go, it's hard to find relief. And that puts people at risk in the short term, but it also puts some parts of the community at potential long-term disadvantage when summer becomes nothing more than months of indoor activity or lack thereof. But my guests today are working toward one ray of relief in this larger problematic puzzle. Jason Arnold is the chair of the Baldwin County Pool Committee, a group of citizens tasked by the Baldwin County Commission to develop a proposal to bring some form of water recreation to the community. And he's joined by Carlos Tobar, the Baldwin County manager, who will undoubtedly have a large role in shepherding this proposal through local government and hopefully into fruition. Jason Arnold, Carlos Tobar, welcome to Military Matters. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here today. Uh, I just thought we'd start off with talking about uh, the committee in the charge in the need here uh, for a pool. And so on that note, I was wondering if we could start a conversation describing the need that our community has for a pool. The need for the pool is just flat out, we, we have a community that has been without a pool close to 15 years now. And so literally I have classmates that have children who have grown up without a pool. Like we have a generation of kids that have grown up without a pool. And that's, that's pretty absurd for a town like Milledgeville. And the last pool, I mean, was, was, was definitely a great pool. It was a place that I, you know, conquered a lot of my fears and, 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 and really learned the art of swimming and, and gravitated towards it uh, in a beautiful way. And you just want that kid who may not be good at football or basketball, who just wants a relief, you know, on a Tuesday night when he's bored and he's tired of playing video games, just to have a place of relief. Or, you know, the sky's the limit when it comes to this place and the uses that it could present. So we just want to have the option available. And to not have that option in our surrounding, you know, cities and counties, you know, here in this state are, are doing that is, is, is kind of absurd. So we need to make sure that happens as, as quickly as possible. Well, one of the things uh, that I wanted to ask, of course, as part of your committee charge, y'all have been a- around the communities um, around Baldwin County, around the state, mm-hmm. um, touring their aquatic facilities, their pools. Is it unusual for a community of our size, um, of our geographic location, to be without a resource like this, a public resource like this? Yeah, I mean, we're we're under fifty thousand, you know, residents here in this town, so. You would think that we would have some type of, uh, you know, pool facility that, you know, can be utilized by the by the public. And again, for it not to be <laughs> here in this town for like the past 15 years, uh, I keep saying this word and I hate to say it so much, but I mean, it's kind of absurd because the last pool, you know, it, it, it functioned very well. I mean, I used to work at that pool. I was a lifeguard at that pool. Like I say, I learned to swim in that pool. So like I say, a, a lot of my fears, but a lot of my responsibilities took place at that pool and, you know, for it to close, which is... A completely another thing is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's disheartening. So you would want a community of this size to have a pool uh, because other communities that we've gone to, sometimes they have two and three different pools. They may have two indoor pools and three outdoor facilities. So for us not to have at least one public facility, it, it definitely is concerning. So we, we need to make sure that happens. And one of the things you mentioned in your response is that uh, this has been a request of, of residents of the community. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if perhaps Mr. Tobar or, or Jason, you can talk about um, how this um, effort has been initiated and uh, progressed to the point where it is now. Well, I think the Aquatic Center has done a very good job of communicating with the public. They have done surveys. For example, I think the first topic that they talked about was the location of the pool. I think the initial results show that they, the public wanted to see it near Walter B. Williams Park, centrally located. And I think now they've uh, received some more information from the public uh, regarding the types of amenities they'd like to see at the Aquatic Center. And just piggybacking on Jason's comments, and your, if I could address your question, your initially to Jason. As far as a need for a pool, I think knowing how to swim is a, is a valuable skill. I think the commissioners would like to see that in our citizens, the school district. That's another thing that we've discovered from the surveys is that they'd like to see their students know how to swim. 
So I think that's uh, an important aspect of this. Also, you have more seniors moving into this community and water aerobics, water exercise is uh, far easier on the joints. I think your doctors would, would prefer that you exercise in a pool, you know, to reduce the stress on, on all your joints as you're getting, getting older. You can also look at the physical therapists as, as people recover from injuries. I think they would like to see some type of water exercise or the ability to send somebody to a pool that's ADA accessible for them to get some, some exercise. So it's, it's not just a, a recreational component, but a, a therapeutic component and also acquiring skills and uh, good exercise for older adults. We're out of time in this segment, so we're going to take a short break right now. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. We're going to do something special during the breaks in our program tonight. Over the summer, the city of Milledgeville and Baldwin County each hosted water fun days when the local fire departments opened up hydrants across the city to help young people in their families cool off. I went out to one of those events and recorded short interviews with kids, parents, participants, and organizers. Uh, During our program breaks tonight, we will present some of those interviews along with the sounds of Water Fun Day in summer 2018. In this first segment, we'll hear from Milledgeville Fire Department Sergeant Corey Dennis. So, Corey, what are you doing right now? Right now, we're just getting ready for the kids. Fun day. Let them get out here in the heat, get some water on them, because I know they're begging for it right now. I know they're they ready for this. So, How hot do you think it is out here? Probably maybe right at about 92 right now. We got a little overcast right now. But when this overcast get off of us, we'll probably be right at about 98 out here. It's been hot all day. So I know that those kids are ready to roll. So we're going to try to get it on for them so they can have fun out here. Enjoy themselves on this um, fun day. And um, I was talking to Felicia Cummings earlier, and she said that y'all actually created the sprinkler system in-house. Yes. Um, our lieutenant, Brent Arnold, he made the sprinkler so that the little kids can have fun with the sprinklers. And uh, what I'm doing is I'm throwing out the hose so even the older kids, we can throw some major water on them so they can have fun also. And so is this something that you ever did when you were a kid? Um, I never got to do this. I wish I could. I bet it would have been fun. Back in the day when we were growing up, we had to just go to the, like, the creek down the road or whatever like that. But this would be great for them. I think that they would love this, and hopefully we can do more of this in the future. Hey. Hey, everybody. Hey. Y'all ready for your fun day? Yeah. Who ready to get wet today? Hey. In the room? All right, guys, we got a uh, hydrant open for you. We're going to let y'all get over here on the pavement. We got barriers over here, so you can play all you want to right in there. So, guys, I want y'all to have fun. Y'all going to have fun today? Yeah. All right, y'all come on down. Let's get in this water. Those were the sounds from a water fun day organized to help kids cool off during the long, hot summer of 2018. Let's return now to our conversation about a local effort to construct and operate a public swimming pool here in Baldwin County. Can you talk about this process and how y'all are shaping um, a conversation that uh, still, I believe, could even go in different directions? Uh, What is the process that you're using to create a proposal? We first wanted to make sure we went to locations that had comparable size to Millsville, if not larger, and and also had, you know, running facilities that had, you know, somewhat some success. And some places we went to, they, they you know, weren't, wasn't that big in size, but they did well with their program elements. Other places were, you know, extremely large, uh, you know, large municipal cities. They had, you know, wonderful pools and access. But the sheer size of their pool made sure that program elements and other elements like, you know, rentals or concessions or things of that nature made the pool definitely a big draw. So the process, what we wanted to do is we wanted to make sure that we took, you know, the things that this community needs. We needed a, you know, accessible pool. We needed a place for kids to learn how to swim. We needed a place for 
seniors to do their aerobics. We need a place where working class adults can go and, you know, seek exercise or just a place to, you know, have their kids where they can, again, learn to swim or just splash around here or there. So we wanted to make sure we, we took all those elements, put them together as far as a wish list, as well as taking some of the needs of like our surrounding schools and things of that nature. We wanted to make sure we, we took that list and compiled it into, okay, how do we make this the most progressive, innovative facility that we can? Do we weigh the option of having an outdoor pool only versus an indoor facility? As far as the price point, how would that price point work? Um, as far as it making money, how will it make money? Uh, will it be better just to have it open, you know, four to five months out of the year, or do we need a year-round pool? So it was kind of like a think tank type of a deal where everybody in the committee had, you know, great ideas, and we come from different walks of life, and everybody had their specific interests that they represented, that they understood uh, in the community, and we put all those things together and shaped it up to the proposal and the project uh, report the way it is. I don't want to say it was a whimsical thing because, again, it, it definitely had a lot of direction, but it just kind of flowed. and It made me confident in the ability of an organized group that is put together by the commissioners, and we have an objective to, to make sure that we do what's best for this community moving forward. And so that was the process of just making sure we're doing what's best for the community. I think that was the main thing that we understand the, I don't even want to say the complaints, but we make sure that we understand the frustrations of this of this town, of this community, and we put that, you know I mean, in the wind in ourselves to make sure that this, you know, project moves forward. So that was the process, the, the understanding the immediate need for it, understanding the future elements that it would bring, and then understanding how those things would be sustainable. So that was our process, basically. And piggybacking on sustainability, this is a city-county project, so obviously this is going to be funded through taxpayer resources once it's built. So we're trying to make sure that the operating costs for this aquatic center are not a burden to our taxpayers. And that's why we talked uh, to the different entities as far as what their needs were, what their desires were. Because as we saw, for example, in Columbus, a lot of their revenue comes from their different partners. The, the swim teams who rent the facility out uh, so if we can get the Baldwin County school system to help us with the operating costs and they have a set time for their needs, I think that would be a win for, for everybody. Same thing with uh, GMC or the Central Georgia Technical College or anybody else who might be a funding partner to help lower those operating costs. But the other thing, too, is as far as sustainability goes, is you should probably spend more money up front on the capital costs for example, you might want to look at a solar-powered system so that you don't have an electricity bill to power this aquatic center. So that would be something that we would want to look at because that would help reduce the operating costs and reduce the taxes that our citizens have to pay. When you say that, I just think of a, a portion of the pool being heated and how wonderful that would be to have your cool, refreshing part of the pool and then a heated part. That may not be where you're going, but when you talk about uh, using that solar power in there, uh, some of the possibilities that there may be. One thing I wanted to ask, um, of course, the committee has been um, engaging with the public. There's been a survey out there. Uh, mm -hmm. There, I think there. I think it's fair to say that there's been a lot of public attention paid to the committee. Mm -hmm. um, when we talk about things like cost, from your estimation from what you've heard back from people, mm -hmm. uh, would they be willing to take on a little bit more of a cost in property taxes uh, to have a higher level of recreation services? I mean, I don't want to let Mr. Tovar take the political version of this, but ultimately, I mean, I know that the taxpayers wouldn't want to foot the bill for this. Again, not being political at all, but if we could work on public you know, and private partnerships and you know, different funding and different grants and you know, even if we did, you know, community drives or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, we want to make sure that we can get this done and not exhaust the patience and the time and the money of our taxpayers. I mean, that is like the last thing we would want to do. And that kind of, if we're going back to the last question, um, one of the pools we went to, they built their pool strictly off of, you know, their public-private partnerships. Um, another pool that we actually didn't go visit, but we still scheduled to visit, uh, the Croc Center in Augusta, theirs was uh, basically off of donations. Um, and that was, you know, a 30 plus million dollar building. 
in Columbus, it was strictly off of taxpayers. So we've seen various methods of funding a pool, and we know that the citizens of Baldwin County, our taxpayers, <laughs> to, to put it lightly, would, would not want to, to foot the bill. So that would want to be like the last-ditch effort. Just if, I don't know if it's a, a cent or however it does with, uh, however it is with, you know, taxes and, and doing that. Again, I don't want to give the political answer, and I know it's kind of a whimsical, half-witted answer, but I, the taxpayers wouldn't want to do that. And I, would, and I wouldn't want to be responsible for saying that, you know, we're, we're going to work on all of this funding, we're, we're exhausting all these measures, and then at the end of the day, the taxpayers are seeing an increase, you know, in their property taxes, and they're seeing, you know, typical Millageville, Bowen County type of political game. So, I, I mean, that, that, that would be the last thing I would want to see as taxpayers. I, I just interject for a second because I wonder when we have to start looking beyond the bottom line f- to achieve that which we want. Um, it sounds, and I know that um, a lot of the work they are doing is to not add to um, the tax rolls in any way, shape, or form. Um, but we're talking about uh, what for this day and time is a new service mm-hmm. out there. And if we expect to have something new, I mean, I can't you know, go out to the store and expect a new doodad and not expect to pay some cost for it and not have it add to the bottom line. There has to be some point of negotiation where we say, if we want new services, what are we willing to pay for them? It's not a world of magic. I think one of the reasons that the Aquatic Center did make it on the list is Baldwin County, Millersville, has a a very bright future. Uh, I think what's happening is very exciting. I think there's going to be growth. And I think that an Aquatic Center would be an amenity that would draw people to live and work in Baldwin County. And I think what Jason was saying and what we have seen when we visited some of these locations, if you design this properly, I think even if you have a a facility that it costs $500,000 a year to operate, but if you're collecting $480,000 in revenue from your various partners and from program fees, all you're asking the public is for a $20,000 subsidy. I think that is doable. And that breaks down to probably cents per year added to your property taxes, you know, per household. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where it's in, incumbent on us on the county side to explore everything possible to lower those operating costs, look at solar panels to reduce those operating costs, look at the program elements that we've seen in other locations that work, If you look at other communities across the country, a lot of pools have been shut down. The operating costs have been too high. The maintenance costs have been too high. But then you look at the successful ones and you look at what's being built now. It's much more diverse. You have lazy rivers, splash pads. A lot of times the the children, when they want to have fun and have uh, some type of water recreation in the summertime, it's not necessarily swimming. Just getting wet at a splash pad, that'll do the trick. So if you look around the country, what's going on, a lot of communities faced what we faced or what this county faced 15 years ago when they shut down the pool. So I think that that's what uh, you're seeing now is you're seeing aquatic centers that look very different than what they looked like in the past with the idea of sustainability in mind. Well, we've run out of time in this segment, so we're going to take an opportunity for a short break. If you're just joining me, you're listening to Millageville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we are talking about the pursuit of a pool for the Baldwin County community. I'm joined in the studio today by Jason Arnold. He is the chair of the Baldwin County Pool Committee, and we're also joined by Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Millageville Matters. What is your name? Kobayas Canty. All right, and how old are you? Fifteen. Fifteen? All right. All right, so to start off by asking a question, how hot has it been this summer? Very. Like 90s, almost feel like 200 degrees. Really? 200 degrees? So hot that I can't even go outside and play basketball. And so what have you been trying to do to beat the heat um, this summer? Try to go swimming. Okay. Where do you go swimming at? Oh, my mom's friend has a pool in her yard. All right. And you like swimming? Or you... Yeah. All right, so what do you think about being out here today in front of the sprinkler? It's fun. All the kids having fun, getting wet, they ain't hot. You know, it's a good thing for the community. 
Why do you think it's a good thing for the community? Because most communities don't have community pools. Mm -hmm. They don't have ways to get wet, you know. So this is a good way for all the kids to have fun and get together to know each other. And do you think that a community pool should be like a necessary part of any community? Yes, multiple communities, matter of fact. And make sure that you can get in it. You you know you can get in it and don't have to know nobody. Or it's not private or nothing. It's a public pool. That's why I hate that they closed the public pool down. Do you remember them closing the public pool down? Yes, I used to go swimming every summer. So man, you you remember things from a young age then. Yeah. And so I saw you over there kind of like controlling the sprinkler. What were you doing? The firefighter, he said, like, just cuff your hand and just move it, and it'll, the water will move with your hand. Mm -hmm. So you do it. it it'll knock your hand back because it's real strong, but when you get done, your hand do be numb because mm -hmm. of all the pressure. And tell me, how does the water feel? It's cold. It's not hot. It's not warm. It's just right. Mm -hmm. Good enough for us not to try to get out. Those were the sounds from a water fun day organized to help kids cool off during the long, hot summer of 2018. Let's return now to our conversation about a local effort to construct and operate a public swimming pool here in Baldwin County. Thank you for staying tuned to Military Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, we are talking about the effort to build a public pool in Baldwin County. I'm joined today by members of the Baldwin County Public Pool Committee. We're talking with the chair, Jason Arnold. And I'm also talking with a member of Baldwin County government, uh, Baldwin County manager, Carlos Tobar. Now, in that last segment, we were trying to talk about um, the, the process uh, that y'all are on to uh, go from a, uh, a, a, a request that you're hearing from the community, a need that the community feels that it has uh, towards uh, the fruition of actually having a pool, an aquatic center, or whatever the results of that committee proposal will be and whatever the results of our efforts to build that pool uh, will finally be. So in this segment, I wanted to try to talk about this as a more multi-dimensional issue um, that the community is going um, through. Uh, one that has um, finger links out from recreation to public health uh, and even public safety. Um, this summer, of course, we saw efforts by both local governments, uh, Baldwin County, as well as the city of Milledgeville to host events that opened up uh, the sprinklers, uh, the fire hydrants open uh, for kids to splash around in and have mm -hmm. kind of one of those almost picture-perfect summer experiences. Um, but I thought that that was good entree into seeing this as uh, also an issue of, of beating the heat in a public health uh, type scenario, as well as somewhat of a, of a public safety issue as well. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I, I think we were talking on a break and uh, excellent points were made. Like if a kid is getting in beating the heat and comes in and cranks up the AC and then for the next six hours he's on his Game Boy or Game Boy, that shows how old I am. He's on his. Uh, <laughs> we can leave it at that. <laughs> he's on his gaming system and he's playing for the next six hours. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's definitely not 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 a, not a good thing. So as far as public health is concerned, we definitely want to make sure that kids are out and about. You know, getting it's not even about uh, recreational, like even aerobic activity of just being around, beating the heat, having fun, splashing. Like it's that last sense of summer. You know what I mean? It's like those are the moments of summer that you get. So you want to squeeze those moments out. Um, so the city and uh, the county definitely did a good job. It was spearheaded by uh, one, one of our own committee members uh, who, who did a great job, Ms. Lucette, uh, Ms. Diane Lucette, who did a great job in uh, bringing that to the city and then the county. Uh, definitely uh, make sure that the other areas you know around town were, were definitely included in that so it, it just made it one of those things where we all could see the the laughter and joy on kids faces and like you said it, it's, it's it's a public health thing because at, at the end of the day you, you don't want <laughs> you don't want this the community to just be such a dormant community where we're just going inside and, and not really enjoying the joys of being outside and having some type of activities because I felt that this is one of those things that Maybe we could have had this idea maybe five, ten years ago, you know, while we were trying to build a pool. And so it makes it it makes it a little frustrating when you come in and, and you're a citizen of this town and you come in from a, an area like, let's say, Atlanta, and you come back with all these ideas of what, you know, what a town should be. And then the city is just dormant. Nobody's out. Nobody's playing. You don't hear the joy. Like, like that, that was my sense of community. You know what I mean? That was my sense of joy. Kids going out and actually having that sense of 
aerobic activity or just, you know, getting out of just being so dormant. You know what I mean? It, it just makes the community a much more active city. And we want the, you know, initiatives that the county has with the bike paths and things of that nature. We need to be a more active city. And I think the pool and even the sprinkler system, all of that is kind of going to make sure that that is coming to fruition, definitely. Well, and I think that it, these resources need to be more well distributed across the community. Anyone who's been out here for one of these interviews knows that we are sitting right next to a pool right here. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a, an asset that um, uh, we have access to, uh, but there are many parts of the community that did not have available to them. And uh, one of the th- places where it hits on for me is that I, I've been here for 10 years now and can remember people drowning because I don't know how to swim. Where do we try to go out to swim? It's in the river, and it's not a very safe place. Um, and we can talk about personal responsibility of learning how to swim, but if you don't have a safe place to do that, how much higher is that barrier to you? Uh, so for me, from my perspective, it's a very multi-dimensional issue and that we're hitting on a number of things of recreation. Um, how are we preparing our young people to live long, healthy lives, um, either from a public safety standpoint or just from a public health standpoint? Um, so I guess, in a sense, it's empowering to me as a resident of this community to see that so much thought and effort is being put into this quest for a public pool. But um, I guess, is that a sentiment that is being reflected back at y'all as y'all are out there doing the committee work? I, I think that the committee wants to see recreation, exercise, competition, and therapy. I think those are, are four things that you're looking at for an aquatic center. And how are y'all putting together some of those partnerships that would do that? What the aquatic center is doing is talking to the different Entities, the city, GMC, the Baldwin County school system, different physical therapy organizations. I think they're doing a good job of reaching out to them so that they can be at the table as we design all these elements. Because if we're going to ask them to help pay for this, uh, we need to make sure that the aquatic center meets their needs. Well, it's happening again. Uh, We're running out of time in this segment, so we're going to take another opportunity for a short break. Um, But if you're just joining us, we're talking about the quest to build a public pool in Baldwin County. I'm joined today by two people who are very active in that endeavor. I'm joined by the chair of the Baldwin County Public Pool Committee, that's Jason Arnold. And we're also joined by Baldwin County Manager, Carlos Tobar. Uh, Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Millageville Matters. And so, um, as I always do, just ask you to introduce yourself. Uh, first name, last name, and your age. My name is Diane Lucette, and I'm 69 years old. And so, I understand that you've had a, a, a very integral part in our activities out here today. I'm just wondering if you uh, might talk about why you thought um, that you would work towards Water Fund Day. Well, it started last year uh, at an executive board meeting for the NAACP. Uh, We were discussing the fact that um, we don't have a pool here in Baldwin County. And it was discussed that we form a committee or, you know, we'd have people working on, you know, initiating something so we can have a pool here. So we started going to the commissioner meetings. In January, the county decided to put a committee together to bring a pool. I'm on that committee and I've been helping work. Um, the summer was coming and we were trying to find out what we were gonna do with our children for the summer with no pool, no water. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a meeting and we still are like at uh, a point where we're still trying to find out what we're gonna do. So, um, the women in the NAACP, we were discussing different things that we could do and we had like three different phases and I told them that I'm from New Jersey and um, when I was younger the fire department used to come around and open up fire hydrants and we had a ball so a call was made to Mr. Jarrett and he got the ball rolling it came about where as one of the battalion chiefs he rigged something together to fit on the uh, fire hydrant so we can have this wet day. 
And can you take me back to your childhood and what it felt like when the fire department would come around and, and screw the caps off the fire hydrants? Oh, it was it was fun. I was young, just like these kids out here now. And my friends, you know, we, I mean, we didn't have all this other stuff that, you know, we were throwing balloons and stuff, but we were in and out of the water and we just, and, you know, it was in the city. Buildings are taller, streets are bigger, but they, they carting off the streets, you know, and we had a ball. And, you know, as we got older, we could reminisce about those times that we had so much fun. And I think these kids are going to do the same thing, you know. They, they'll grow up and they'll, they'll go different places and then they'll, they'll talk to their children about the fun that they had when they were younger, you know, the fire hydrant, you know. And can you tell me about that feeling that you had having worked towards a community pool and then getting close to this summer and there was still nothing in sight? Well, it's a little frustrating, it is, but you know, we got it. We got to take lemons and make lemonade. <laughs> and I, took, I think I took that from the movie. <laughs> but but um, just to see these kids having a good time. And I'm sitting here and I can hear children saying, oh, I'm having, I'm having fun. You know, that just brings joy to my heart. Those were the sounds from a water fun day organized to help kids cool off during the long, hot summer of 2018. Let's return now to our conversation about a local effort to construct and operate a public swimming pool here in Baldwin County. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, we are talking about the effort to put a new county public pool into our community uh, sometime in the near future. I'm joined today by members of a committee working towards that end. I've got Jason Arnold. He's the chair of the Baldwin County Public Pool Committee. I'm also joined by Carlos Tobar. He is the Baldwin County manager. I wanted to talk about a deeper part of a conversation around pools in American culture. Now, of course, the desegregation of pools was one flashpoint of the civil rights movement in our community as well as the entire country. Now, prepping for this interview, I talked with a local historian who's documented some of the lingering effects of that history here in Milledgeville. And I wanted to bring it to the present. Um, does the history of unequal access to public facilities like a pool um, affect the conversation that's going on today? Yes. <laughs> to answer it shortly, I mean, if we're going through the history of this, I know you talked to a historian, but if we're talking, you know, nationally um, and what it did for the communities of people of color, when pools were segregated, what it did was it allotted those who could afford swimming pools in their backyards or those who could afford going to maybe a country club and swimming privately. It afforded them the opportunity to learn how to swim, to enjoy swimming, Whereas it left other communities, and I could say, you know, the African-American communities, it left those communities at bay without having the resources or the ability to, to enjoy swimming or enjoy, you know, municipal pools. And so what that did for the black community is it sent a ripple effect through grandmothers, mothers and fathers and grandfathers on down to the kids where you have lineage of families who didn't learn how to swim. There's countless number of people in this community who do not know how to swim, who haven't swam ever in their life because they never had an opportunity or an area to swim. All right, so we know that's the case. It, it did not skip Milledgeville. We know that happened down at the Bonner Park. We know that the pool was drained there and segregation happened here as well. I mean, we know that. We're not naive. I mean, I, I understand that. But if we're talking about progression, because now at this point, it's moved past, almost past race, and it's going into like socioeconomic status, to where if you're not in this particular area, or you can't afford this particular luxury, then you're not going to have this secondary luxury of enjoying a pool. And I, I think that's where it's kind of going. So race is not omitted from this conversation, but I think it involves race. And I think that's a, that, that's a that's an even bigger issue, because now is if you're not, and you know, not to exclude where we're at right now, but most of the swim pools here in this town are, are afforded to college kids, and we know that. I mean, and we're, you know, I'm sure everybody in Millersville is glad that the city is, is moving and it's definitely a bustling city, but we also know that it's not comparable to the people of this town. 
And so if you don't have a membership or you can't afford a membership, you're not going to be swimming here in Milledgeville. That's, like I said in the first segment, that's that's pretty absurd. Uh, so if we're just talking about race, I mean, yeah, it kind of kind of evolves race at, at this point. But the his, historical aspect of it is it definitely makes the conversation um, a little bit more poignant because we want everybody to know that this is a pool for everybody. But we also know that, listen, because of, you know, what happened of yesteryear, we're going into you know next year in the future uh, being as progressive as possible, make sure everybody's included. And I think for me, that's a, a part of this conversation uh, that at least needs to be uh, shined a light on for a moment. Mm-hmm. Because um, in the upbringing that I had as a white male, I don't understand the complexity of why this is at times a, a contentious issue. Mm-hmm. And it has to be brought to my uh, attention. And I have to be willing to understand it and reflect on it for a moment uh, so that I'm not saying, well, well, why can't we just all get behind this pool effort? Uh, why is this one that has a, a sense of controversy to it? It's just a pool. And I think it's it helps to have that understanding that we're not all coming at this uh, from the same background and looking at it in the same way. And it does have differing layers of meaning to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to chime in here because I have a very different perspective having grown up in San Francisco where nobody could afford a swimming pool. We all had to go to the public pool, and it was all integrated when I was growing up. As far as Milledgeville and Baldwin County and building this aquatic center, I don't see race being an issue. Is We're trying to build the best aquatic center for everybody. You talked about equal access. Okay, I don't expect the public to be able to access the pools here at Georgia College. This is a public school, but it's a private institution. You have to be employed by or a student at Georgia College and State University to use these facilities that they have here. But when you're talking about equal access, you're talking about public amenities, public facilities. And there's nothing that's been said to me or insinuated that this aquatic center isn't for everybody. You know, this is supposed to be for everybody. It's going to be for everybody. And that's uh, what I've been told. Uh, We're trying to do the best we can. I don't see that. I don't see race as an issue in terms of our process to build an aquatic center. And that's why I think this is a project for the now. Mm -hmm. This is where the community is living in the present and moving towards the future. The past is there, and I think it needs to be realized and seen as a part of what informs the present, but it does not dictate where we will go in the future. That's right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, as our audience is listening to this, I would imagine, you know, depending on what the temperature is on the day that this broadcasts, some of them are going to be very interested in kind of joining uh, this effort to see this reality come to Baldwin County. What are ways that they can engage in the conversation? Well, I think the public needs to know when they voted for the SPLOS, there were four tier one projects at the Law Enforcement Center, Department of Public Health, the Administration Building, and the Courthouse. Those were the, the top projects that needed to get started right away. Then you have the tier two projects, which are countywide projects. And as I stated previously, recreation is a county, Baldwin County, responsibility. And I think that uh, the citizens can look at the ballot and they can talk to their commissioners and say, hey, listen, we think this aquatic center should be at the top of the list for the tier two projects. That's one way they could be involved. And when you say tier one and tier two, you're really talking about priority levels. Uh, tier one, the law enforcement center, the uh, county annex building, and the other projects you mentioned in tier one, that's top priority, must be completed with those SPLOS dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one where it's it's a priority, but it does not jump ahead of the line of these things that were identified right. as the top ones. Absolutely. Is there any way that you can talk about the timelines that people either in reality or in best case scenarios or even even possibly worst case scenarios can expect to see progress on those different tiers, uh, most specifically, obviously, the, the project we're talking about in the pool? Well, as far as those four projects go, 
I am privy to some information I can't share with you, but uh, in terms of the Department of Public Health, I think there's progress being made there. Uh, we changed out the first air conditioning unit over at the law enforcement center. That was one of the big expenses that they were going to have. Um, the annex, uh, they break ground on the site work, and then bids are due for the building on December 15th. We'll be going out to bid November 15th. Okay, so the, the work on the exterior of the courthouse, that's ongoing. What we don't know is when we're going to get started or what the cost estimate is for the inside of the renovations. So that's that's what we're looking at as far as our constraints. And to keep on funding, but to look at it from a different angle, is all of the funding necessarily going to come from SPLOST for the pool or aquatic center? Um, is that funding formula uh, set in stone at this time, or is that something that will come with the proposal that the committee is doing, or is still an open question? I think it is open. However, as far as the operating costs go, we're looking at potentially getting donations to get an endowment going. We did this in Tampa, Florida, where we had an endowment to help with operating costs for the streetcar line, the Tico streetcar line. So that's something that we're looking at here. Also with the different partners, intergovernmental agreements with the different uh, partners. And then, of course, we're, we're looking at what is going to be the best design what's going to attract the most number of people, what will generate the most revenue, what will be sustainable, and then what is going to be that final cost. If it exceeds this plus proceeds, then we will look at grants and additional donations. Right. So, yeah, to piggyback off that, just, I mean, we want to exhaust every measure. So if that's grants, specific funding, uh, like I said, public-private partnerships, like Mr. Tobar said, like we just want to exhaust those measures before – even if we have to do uh, fundraisers, certain drives, if we got to work with certain restaurants, you know what I mean, to do spirit nights. I mean, whatever we can do, we're definitely as a committee going to be, you know, as unique. But, you know, again, try to exhaust these measures of informing and utilizing our partnerships in this town. And again, that varies from, again, any banks, any institutions, any, like Mr. Tobar said, any intergovernmental agreements. We want to make sure that we make this something that is affordable yet sustainable. And we keep saying that because that is the measure at which we're looking to construct this facility and make it as sustainable as possible, not only economically, but, you know, construction-wise and fundamentally as far as, you know, our construct is what we're thinking. Definitely. And when you look at that out-of-the-box thinking for the funding source, is there a clear pathway or even examples from the past that are readily utilized to doing something that would include uh, that kind of uh, government funding, tax funding, and then, um, let me just say, uh, private funding? Or will that force uh, the committee and its work to change forms in a way? There's no specific form. The construct that a lot of people are using when they're thinking about this facility or how it's going to be funded, like a, a lot of the thinking that they're using, talking about, you know, operating costs, and how it's going to fail. I mean, a lot of it's kind of antiquated thinking because you're looking at facilities from, you know, 20 and 30 years ago. You know what I mean? But today with, you know, again, the program sourcing and everything we're looking to do as a committee for this pool, you know, with the approval of the county, I don't, I don't want to say there's, there's not a way that it can fail, but you exhaust these measures at all costs, public, private, citizens you, you want to make sure that everybody has a hand in this so when the building goes up the community as a whole can have that moment where we were unified and this building was constructed and everybody had a hand in it you know what i mean like so so that is our goal so to answer your question like no there's no set formula because it's a free-flowing thing ideas come every single day and you know we want to make sure that those keep happening you know what i mean because that is how planning and organizing and like we're in the pre-implementation phase right now, that is how, you know, you, you make things flow when, when you're working with projects of this magnitude. In, in that sense, do you feel that this effort to create this pool is indicative of a larger uh, energy amongst uh, the Baldwin County citizenry uh, to have their imprint on the community's present and future? Absolutely. I mean, and we've seen it from the location that we've sent a recommendation for, 
from the locations that we've suggested and that other people suggested, even until uh, what should be done in the pool, how big it should be, where it should be, who should be <laughs> running the pool, like the public. And and I, I'm sure everybody in the committee and Mr. Tobar can attest to this as well. Like the public has has no problem uh, giving their opinion. And to be frank with you, they're all great ideas. I mean, everyone in the public definitely is involved in this project, and we see it every single day. And moving forward, like that that's what we want. We want people to stop us in the street and and, and talk to us about this project. We want, you know, we want the public to you know talk to their commissioners and and talk to their uh, city councilman and you know and, and and stay on them about it you know what i mean call them and talk to them and write letters and and show support and you know go to our facebook page and really be involved in this project because that kind of puts you know fire behind all of us you know what i mean like i i see it every single day you know what i mean like i was on my way into this <laughs> facility i was talking to the firemen outside and they were talking about you know where it's going to be or you know y'all are doing a good job so like that that's all we need like we just want the community to know that we're trying, but we're also listening and we're also taking suggestions and we're also notating every single thing that we hear, that we see, that we feel, because we want this to represent this community as best as possible. We want this to represent Milledgeville and the surrounding areas and it to be progressive and innovative so that we can have a sustainable community project the largest one that will probably take place. We want to make sure that this is one of those things that the town can be proud of because we don't have many of those things that Milledgeville can call their own that the town did collectively themselves. So we want to make sure that that's going to be done, definitely. What is your name? My name is Makiko and, and last name is Kawabata. And what's the name of your son? Sandy. He's four years old. Uh -huh. How'd you hear about this event? I read some article, but I forgot which one. Maybe Facebook or something. Last night I checked something and I read article about this. So. And how did you make the decision to um, take your son out today? Because he loves waters. <laughs> See, <laughs> you tell. <laughs> <laughs> and so right now, Senri is actually right up there on the sprinkler, and he is just con <laughs> he's controlling the water. And I've been seeing him; he's been pushing the water back yeah. the whole time. <laughs> so how do you feel when you're watching him have such a good time out there? Yeah, I feel so happy because you know, here around here we don't have a lot of what, chance to play with water, mm -hmm. so it's a good chance for him. So I'm happy. <laughs> He's also happy, I think. <laughs> and then I ask you, just from um, uh, your opinion, how hot has it been this summer? Um, we just stay inside to cool down, and sometimes we go to library. Not so much outside, so mm. it's a good chance to play outside today. And just, um, do you think that y'all will come out um, for any more of these when they have them in different parts of the city? Yeah, as the I think so. They said they will have two or three more times in this summer, so I'll bring him, definitely. <laughs> Those were the sounds from a water fun day organized to help kids cool off during the long, hot summer of 2018. Let's return now to our conversation about a local effort to construct and operate a public swimming pool here in Baldwin County. And so as we close our conversation today and uh, the emphasis on the pool goes down because the temperature is dropping and we kind of think forward to fall, what do you want our audience members and maybe other community members uh, to be thinking about this pool project? so that as we get closer to the next summer, uh, they are at the table working with y'all for this end. Well, as from the county's perspective, we're working as fast as we can to make sure we get those first four projects done so that we can move on to the tier two projects. And I think the committee is providing a report to the commissioners. And I think that report is gonna say that they'd like the commissioners to at least proceed with a, an architect or engineer to start designing this this facility from the information that they've gathered so far. And that would help expedite the process when the construction money becomes available. 
I mean, and just to piggyback on <laughs> on the report, I mean, that's kind of the easy part. I mean, going into fall, we want people to know that what we're thinking about is having shovels in the ground. I mean, from the community perspective, not from the county's perspective, but from a committee's perspective that's representative of the community, the only thing that we're concerned about is when the shovels are being placed in the ground. And and everybody's not, you know, everybody doesn't understand, you know, how SPLOS money is, uh, you know, how, how it's allocated or how, you know, how that works. Everybody doesn't have that understanding. You know what I mean? I do because I sit with Mr. Tober all the time and I see these things with, a, you know, bike paths and I see all these initiatives that the counties are doing and it's, you know, it's more than 20, almost 30 initiatives and people don't get to see that. So, I mean, there needs to be some transparency there, but we've, you know, talked about that another time. But we want to just make sure that the people know that this committee is concerned about shovels going in the ground. And I know that once that happens, the county can take a collective deep breath to know that this project is underway. So in the fall, when the fall comes, we're not, you know, this, this problem doesn't go away. Uh, you know, I mean, this, that's when actually most of the work is done because when next summer gets here and nothing has been taking place, then these conversations are going to have a different aesthetic. Like they're not going to be as friendly. They're going to be like, okay, not what are you doing, but why haven't you done X, Y, and Z? So we just want to make sure that the public know that we understand that this process, again, the most places that we've gone to, the pre-planning process, it's been like a two-year process. And we pretty much expedited it in, you know, less than eight months. You know what I mean? From start to finish. Like a lot of things that the committee has done supersedes just the report. I mean, it goes into program elements. It goes into funding ideas. It goes into everything. So we're already ready for the second part of this and the third part. Like, we are ready for this to happen. You know what I mean? So the public just needs to know when the fall gets here and things cool down, like the temperature turns up for us. You know what I mean? And we're definitely going to make sure that we are um, adjusting to the heat, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> and one other thing, too, I don't know what the commissioners are going to decide to do as far as the location and the recommendation that the committee has. But if it does wind up being the land next to the Walter B. Williams gym, we are cleaning up that site. You're talking about the old prison site. The sites. old state prison, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the bricks are being removed and the wood being removed. So all that is being cleaned up as we speak. Of course, there was concerns about remediation on that site. Have you all received back any of the testing to see if there's further damage that that use of a recycling center has caused to that area? Everything that uh, we were concerned about was addressed in the reports and uh, it's being disposed of properly. We don't anticipate finding anything in the soils. Yeah. And the, I mean, that, and that's not from me. That's from the, the environmental hazardous material consultant. As far as the hazardous materials go, we have a couple of bins out there to remove the asbestos from the window frames and the roofing material. But the report didn't state that there was anything in the ground that was hazardous. So we're not concerned. Mm -hmm. Jason Arnold. Carlos Tobar, I want to thank you all for joining me today on Millageville Matters. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Millageville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. Today we talked about efforts to build a public swimming pool in Baldwin County. Baldwin County Public Pool Committee Chair Jason Arnold and Baldwin County Manager Carlos Tobar join me to talk about the committee that is making a recommendation to the Baldwin County Commission about whether or not they will support the construction and operation of a public swimming facility in our community. For Millageville Matters, I was your host, Daniel McDonald. I want to thank you for spending this portion of the evening with me here on WRGC 88.3 FM. And I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.